This is Tea Time with Robin. What's up, everybody? I am back. We are back. It is Tea Time with Robin. We are kind of different today, but we needed to bring you some content. And I miss my lady. I miss her. It's Tea Time with Robin, episode 34. What's up, Robin? Oh, my God. First of all, I have to apologize on behalf of the state of Wyoming and all of our internet providers who could not get their act together in time to have Wi-Fi working this morning. So we are audio for you only, and nobody wants to see my face anyway. So this might just work out for the best. Right. right. You're so excited. I have missed my girlfriend. I have missed talking about football. I'm sick of camp. I'm sick of all of it. Let's go. Let's freaking go. Hopefully I am recording. Let me take that out. Okay. So yes, let's go. It is time. It is training camp still going on. Today's the last day of training camp. It just seemed like it just flew by. Like, I'm like, it's over already. But, you know, it's kind of glad because I want some football and we're going to get some football on Saturday. We're actually going to get some football tonight. But let's get into our news. Um, so some news came out with Deion Dawkins with his hand. At the time, he was day to day. Now he's back at practice, which is great to hear because you never want to hear like one of your main, you know, starters injured or having any injuries at all. Um, also, it reported that Josh was kind of, I don't know if he was injured, but he left practice, but he returned real quick. Um, so what's your takes on Dion and, um, and Josh? Well, first of all, Dion, yes, he's like the heart and soul of the offensive line, isn't he? Yes. So we think about that whenever the possibility of injury comes up. He's, he's the dog. However, I think it's minor. And everything right now that they're doing in training camp is extremely precautionary. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I was more concerned at practice yesterday, I believe it was, that Stefan Diggs and Saran Neal oh, yes. had a head-on collision, and boom, they didn't see each other coming, basically, and they they laid down on the, on the ground for a minute. I guess both of them are okay. We'll find out because we'll get some more information later after mm -hmm. we're off this podcast, probably get updates on what's going on with the players. But overall, you know, T, I think we've been able to do okay through this training camp. You know, right. we had that scare with Spencer Brown in his back and, and then Pumi pops back in again. So, you know, cross your fingers and toes and everything else. Right. I think we're looking pretty good as far as training camp injuries go. Right. And then I, I was doing some digging and then Sal Capaccio, you know, the beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills, stated that it wasn't a back injury when it came to um, Brown. It was that he had a cramp. He had cramps. So that was great to hear because I, would, I was like, come on, not again, not the back injury again. Um, 
So yeah, I did some digging and it said that he had cramps. It wasn't a back injury. And you know, sometimes us as fans, we jump because you know you you just want our guys to be healthy. You know, there's going to be injuries throughout the season. You don't want injuries like of last year in the beginning of the season or even at training camp because it could, it could really it could detour. It could mesh. You know what you're trying to do, what your goals are trying to do this season for you know for the Bills. But speaking of some players and how they're looking, AJ Epinesa apparently is having a camp of his life. Well, he needs to, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. For where he was drafted, it's like it's it's go time, AJ. And I don't mean to sound like a Debbie Downer here, but I want to see him play like he played against Detroit, for example, last year. Mm-hmm. I want him to have those kind of games consistently. Yes. Yes. He's got to translate it to what happens on the field. If not, put this little thought in your head, my dearest T. What's up? Could he be trade bait at the deadline for maybe a veteran middle linebacker? I, if he's having a great camp, and you know it's August, and you know that we all know that that Bean will do some magic when it comes to trading some players. So if he's having a great camp, I, I'm glad that he's having a great camp. I, with all things going on, like you said, he needs to have one. So if he's trade trade tradable, which I think he is, great. We can get someone back, like you said, a middle linebacker, whoever. Speaking of middle linebackers, they were saying that the rate is too close to call who's going to be the middle linebacker when it came when it came to um, T dot and oh my god Benford. It was too yeah, close Carter. of a um, of a battle right now for these two guys. And Bernard, I'm not Bernard, but um, Williams are not 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 even in the the conversation. Are you are you shocked? Okay, because that's like that. Why are we always on the same wavelength, you and I? <laughs> it's just like I've written down here in my little notes. We have disappointed Dorian Williams. Mm. Okay, yes. Very disappointed Dorian and Dorian Williams to this point. Now, to your point, if Dotson and, and Bernard are knocking heads and, and butting it out, what does this mean for the position now one could say oh well that's really good news the half glass water is half full because they both look good right or is it they both look good as in being adequate and not outstanding in any particular way so we don't know we don't know and here's the other thought i had about this and i'm wondering what your thoughts are i'm wondering if if the battle is so close because they both are good at one thing and maybe not another, mm-hmm. could they platoon them? You know, could they run? Could they run the middle linebackers in and out like they do the defensive line? Right. Because AJ Klein could be, you know, brought in too because he's, you know, he's not a slouch. But the thing with AJ is he's getting old and he's not. He's great in run, you know, 
he's great. He's a head knocker. Mm-hmm. But in coverage, not so much. Right. So I don't know. I think our middle linebacker situation is one of the things that has the big, it's the biggest question mark for me. Yes. I mean, that's definitely the concern, right? Going into this season, middle linebacker, what's going to happen? I mean, good thing that we have Matt Milano in there as well. But yes, could you imagine not having him? And then you you have to ultimately think as well, because Matt Milano misses games. So if you, Matt Milano's out and then you got, like, what do we what do we have here? You know? Um, well, technically right now what we have behind Milano is Dorian Williams. Right. Because that's where they basically penciled him in. And that's disappointing to me, too, in the sense that, okay, they're penciling him in on the outside. They've already given up on him, you know, inside. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just saying all this stuff. But Sean McDermott, I think, and this is just my opinion, but I think his little heart was broken when the Detroit Lions drafted Jack Campbell. Right. And I think that he would have been the perfect fit in McDermott's defense, but he ended up going to the Detroit Lions. And so here we are. That's why I'm saying, in my opinion, this whole middle linebacker thing, it could be, you know, somebody could be trade bait for them to get a veteran linebacker. Yeah, I I don't know if we go into I could be shocked that if we true. go into okay. our regular season with these linebacker with this linebacker room. I would really be shocked. It it, it, it doesn't make sense, does it? No. It doesn't. You drafted you drafted Williams and I, I mean because you drafted also Edmonds at the same age, but he was a freak and Dory is nowhere near Tremaine. So now you're stuck with, this is the thing. So you go and you have Tremaine, then you go and get other linebackers as well. You trade Tremaine, but you don't even trust the linebackers that you have in your room. You know what I mean? So I just, this is why I don't see them going, rolling into the regular season with these linebackers. It's the question mark, you know, Terrell Dotson, I, I love the guy. But he's been, I think this is his fourth year with the team. And if he hasn't been able to break through to get that starting position in four years, it's probably not going to happen. Now, truthfully, he wasn't going to have a chance with Edmonds. No, no. But he had a wide open opportunity, and he... He's neck and neck with Terrell Bernard. So And Terrell Bernard is a smaller linebacker. Yes. Yes. And that can be an issue too. Yes. Lomano's not a giant guy either. Right. And so our line yeah, I'm with you. I got some heartburn about our linebacker situation. I do. I too. do. Yeah. And that's probably the only position that I have concern. I mean, I have concern when it comes to the right is it right guard? Yeah, right guard, right the right side. Of Josh. <laughs> well, here's the other question for you too, T. If if the middle linebacker position isn't solidified, that position is the quote quarterback of the defense. Right. Do you who does that then? In my opinion, maybe it's gonna end up being Micah Hyde. Oh. Calling the plays. Because maybe you don't have a middle linebacker that you can trust as an every down middle linebacker. Right. So, and, 
and, and here's a thought too. Okay, well, if he's calling the defense, does that mean that we'll see more three safeties out there with wrath? You know, who knows? I don't know. I don't have any idea what Sean McDermott has up his sleeve. That's why I think this preseason, which we're going to get into as well a little later, is very, I mean, it's vanilla, of course. But it's right. also, you can get some takeaways from it. You know what I'm saying? So so it's going to be interesting to watch them on Saturday. But let's move on to Russo. Russo has came into camp a bigger guy. <laughs> Brennan Bean stated that he needs for, he's doing more great. Asshole. He's doing great, but I need to see some more asshole in him. And I, when he said that, I was like, I love Brandon Bean. I love him. I, I love him. He's a jerk. You're a great guy, but can you be a little assholeism? Can you give me some of that? Well, he's got that laid back personality. He does. You listen to him talk, and he's just an easygoing, you know, mellow kind of guy. And that's where I think Dean came in and said, you know, you got to bring out the asshole in you a little more. And even Bob Miller has said the same thing, not in so many words, but that Rousseau needed to needed to have more of a nasty side. Mm-hmm. And it must be, you know, it must be happening to some extent. I haven't been at training camp, but the people who have been are telling me that, that Rousseau is, like, out playing out of his mind. Yes, inside and, and out. And, yeah, exactly, inside and out. And Leonard Floyd on the other side, Oh, together with Rousseau, apparently from the, those in the know at camp, I'm hearing, have been just playing great on the outside as a combination and boy does that help and give us some flexibility in terms of von miller having to rush back right right so that i think is is a real plus yeah our defensive line i you know i don't have any questions about our defensive line as opposed to our linebacker situation right our our d line is is out there there's another guy, Shane Ray. Let's not forget about him. Mm-hmm. He may very well, from what I'm interpreting from comments made by people at camp, that he may put Boogie Basham on the practice squad or maybe not even on the roster at all. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And so here's the deal. It's like, okay, Boogie, it's your time to shine, too. So this is a numbers game too. How many how many defensive linemen are exactly? Keep oh yeah, we're gonna have a big numbers game coming up, and I'll talk about that more in a in a minute. But yeah, that's my comment about Rousseau. Watch mm. out! I, I think he's gonna just pedal to the metal. Yeah, well, this is what's his third season. Or, yeah, his third year. Yeah. So normally, your third year you take that jump, and you know he had how many sacks? He had nine or eight or something like that. Something like that, nine or eight sacks. And you just, every year, you know, he's taken a step and you just figure third season, he would take a massive, maybe not a massive, but another step. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, because he had a high ankle sprain and you think if he didn't have that, he probably would have had, you know, more sacks. But I was pleased with how he played last year. And going into this season, I could just see him just, you know, taking another step as well. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Trey White is apparently back to himself. <laughs> ah, Trey White. Well, I'll tell you what. He's back to himself. And imagine this in your little mind. Hyde, Poyer, and Trey White back together all at 
all together for the first time in what a couple of years. Oh, I meant to say defense. I said offense. My bad. I said let's yeah. talk about the offense. My bad. <laughs> We're still in defense. Yeah, we are. And and Trey White having him back to you know his old self is going to be a big plus for whoever is on the other side because they will benefit from him playing loose and being able to teach right instead of feeling all uptight about where he was at like he was last year yeah concentrating on rehab concentrating yes. on trying to get himself back and speaking of the opposite side of trey white i mean i know in content creation world um i don't know how to feel i know jack jackson is all reliable you know you it's three sets, three different sets of cornerbacks that we have, you know, Jackson is good tackling. He's good overall. You know, he could, he could, um, he's good with the zone. He knows the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Bedford played in this in college. Elam is the one who needs to, um, get to know how to play zone than man. Mm -hmm. And you've seen Elam, kind of getting beat at camp but i mean getting beat with the top wide receivers i'm not mad about that he's also holding his own as well he is and i've been hearing pretty good things the other thing people forget the corner position it really takes a long time to uh, to learn and adjust to it's one of the hardest positions to go from college to the pros mm-hmm terms of understanding the differences same can be said for the position of tight end which we'll talk about in a minute but Kair Elam this is the year we would hope that he takes the next step for sure and I think he probably will I think it'll help him that Sean McDermott is the DC so that he has that ready line of communication Mm -hmm. and talk to coach and, and do whatever it is he needs to do to advance his game. And, you know, Dane Jackson's probably where he's at. He's I, I'm not saying that he can't improve from here, but he's probably closer to his ceiling than not. Benford, right. he's still, you know, he's still learning. He's still young. He, he still can develop. I don't, I'm not saying Dane Jackson can't or won't. I'm just saying that, you know, after a few years, just you you kind of get closer to your ceiling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we know who you are yeah yeah exactly exactly we know who you are (laughs) we know who you are okay we're moving on right yes yes so we're going to talk about dalton kincaid is having himself a like you can't get enough of reading about dalton kincaid the catches his hands like we i just seen uh a video of him catching the ball with one hand going down. Like I, again, I've said this on my other pod. I do not want to get too hype on this dude. I love what I'm seeing. I love what I'm seeing. I just need for him to translate it to the field. You know what I mean? Totally. He's a rookie. Yeah. We don't know what he's going to be like when the, you know, lights go on. Right. But I'm with you. I, I prefer the hype not be so great. However, I yeah. will say this. <laughs> I am foaming at the mouth for some two tight end sets. Absolutely. And, oh, my goodness gracious, I think we're going to see them. Now, what does that mean if we're going to incorporate more two tight end sets? 
that means we're going to have to have a stable of tight ends, not like we've been running on empty on tight ends for mm-hmm. the last. But the guys behind Dalton Kincaid, you know Dawson Knox, of course, setting him aside. And, you know that those will be your two starting tight ends. But what if one of them goes down? Right. Yeah. On our roster, and I believe he's going into his third year, maybe fourth. Um, Mac Daddy, Mac Daddy, the Mid Atlantic Conference Man of the Year from four years ago, Quentin Morris. Yes. Bowling Green. I love him. I loved him because he killed UB when he played in he played against UB in college. <laughs> now we're going to need to carry an extra tight end. Because if they're going to run two tight end sets, they're going to need to carry another one. Right. Hearing Jay Sternberger, good things. Yeah, good things, good things. So I think the tight end room is is set and going to be great. Now, if you don't mind, I'll back up a little bit because I think one of the things that, that we're running into is a numbers game. Like how many defensive linemen are you going to carry? Because the total 53, you can't just keep saying, oh, I want 10 defensive linemen, you know, and I want seven wide receivers. Right. You know, the numbers won't add up. And the one thing I want to bring up, and, and this is big from training camp, there's there are two, not one, but two wide receivers that I'm hearing about at training camp who are – Players that you, let's say, do not want to lose them, mm-hmm. period. One of them is Justin Shorter, and I believe he was our fifth-round draft pick from this year, of course. And this guy, six foot four, which his name Shorter should be longer, mm-hmm. but he's he's a big dude. And I have I have heard and read from those who have been at camp that this guy is really shining. And furthermore, I might add that Randy Moss has said that Justin Shorter has the chance to become elite in the NFL. And wow. I think Randy Moss is a pretty good judge of wide receivers. So put that in your little hat and think about it. And there's one other guy, by the, his last name is Shavers. I think his first name is Tyrell. It's a, I wrote it down, T. Shavers. But he, this guy is also large, six foot four, and he also plays special teams. Okay. So there's these two wide receivers on top of the known five. Okay. There's it's indisputable that we're going to have Diggs, we're going to have Davis, we're going to have Sherfield, we're going to have. I'm losing my track here. Let me see. I'm looking at this depth chart right now. Wide receivers, David Shorter. Uh, Where's the other one? Oh, wide receiver. Um, Hardy? Yes, Hardy. And Shakir. Shakir? Oh, Shakir. Okay, so those are the five that are for sure locks. So if they keep six, you can bet it'll be Justin Shorter. And my thinking is maybe they can hide shavers on the practice squad, but don't be surprised if he doesn't get poached. What do you think about um, Andy Isabella? Love him, especially as a kick returner. Mm. And there's another one. I mean, that's another person 
you're right. He is like, okay, well, what do you do about that? Right. So we're we're down to a you know we're down to a numbers game, and it's I don't envy them trying to figure out who's going to be the best fifty-three. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's going to be. Isn't it a horrible problem to have? It is. It's. It is also like, oh wow, I didn't think he was gonna get cut. You know, it's one of those things when you wake up and you see, or you know, you're waiting for for the roster, and you're like, oh gosh, hopefully he can, you know, stay on the practice or or don't get waived or don't get picked up rather. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great problem to have because before we, you know, as Bills fan, we know. They kept all their draft picks, and um, we were <laughs> like, "All right, cool." Yeah, it was it was weird, but you know. Speaking of wide receivers, they were talking yeah. about Diggs, and Diggs is having a I don't know if you could say an MVP of camp, but I'm gonna say an MVP player of of camp. Like he, all reports are saying that he is showing up with a chip on his shoulder. But I mean, you know, that's just Diggs. The Diggs and Allen chemistry is unbelievable. So I love to hear that Diggs and Allen is on the same page. And all the other noise, I don't care about. I don't care about. Thank you. I was so sick of that. I hope that narrative has gone to bed. It is for now, I think, until the first game, the regular season game. Or Diggs, you know, or if they have a bad game. Right sidelines doing something and it'll be right right back there again. well you know it's like come on guys Stop. leave it alone yeah. let digs be digs yeah. please let yeah. it be digs he's, if he's a diva so be it i don't care but, you know i don't care i don't care and furthermore the only thing that we care about is what you just said and that is that digs is on a mission he and alan i have heard the same things are on fire and he's virtually undefensible. Yeah. And, and, and as a matter of fact, I, I heard somewhere that, that Diggs and, and Trey White were having conversations on numerous occasions. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm sure that they were, you know, they were fighting it out all the time. Well, that, did you see the video where Josh put the, the ball between um, Trey White and was it, was it Micah Hyde? I can't remember, but he put it on a dime. Like it was, Diggs was the only one that could get it. It was just so beautiful. Yeah, I did see that. I'm like, oh, Josh is in a, if this, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's the thing with Josh in terms of where Josh is at. The other thing that, that anybody listening to our podcast needs to know from from my little psychobabble, he is looking so relaxed. Yes. He is looking so happy to be in camp, hanging out with the guys, doing his thing. I think all the stuff from last year, whatever it was in his personal life, whatever you know, cross he had to bear last year, all of it is gone. Mm-hmm. And he is dialed in. And I think that that's going to bode very well for us as long as our offensive line can hold up, which yes. brings up yes. our um, next topic. I wanted to also talk about Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis also oh, is yeah. having, a, a, they say that's having a great camp too. Um, Gabe was on a podcast and he spoke about like everything that happened to him last year and 
you know, the noise was getting to him and he started hearing what people were saying about him. And I mean, it was fascinating um, going back and listening to that podcast. And he said that, you know, Diggs was in his ear saying, you know, don't listen to that. You know, if I wasn't here, you'll be the number one wide receiver. You know, I know you have to say that to your guys. Um, so, I mean, he get, he's like, Diggs is there to encourage me. That's my guy. He said, but he said he was struggling because he had the high angle spring. And he said, it's this is the second time that he's had it. He wasn't healthy. He tried, tried to play through it. And he said he just couldn't cut. He couldn't run like the way he wanted to. But this year he said he is healthy. And I'm going to pray that he continues to stay healthy because a healthy Gabe Davis is a Deadly. is a yes a deadly, deadly Gabe Davis and I just I think we we as fans not suffer for lack of a better word we haven't seen a healthy Gabe well we haven't seen a healthy Gabe and the other thing I would add to what you're saying about fans Players play. Exactly. That number one, you, you deal with the you deal with the play, not the person. Yeah. And I I don't like and you see this on social media, the piling on. One or two people will say something about Gabe Davis and then the whole world lights up and says the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love it. Yeah, please take accountability <laughs> for it. And you know they won't because it's it's fans and you know and we're not telling people how to fan. We're not. We're not. We just, you know, just be mindful because they do here, and we don't want to run players out of Buffalo. That's how I feel about it, you know. But let's move on to our O line, and um, we could talk about Spencer Brown. <laughs> I love Spencer Brown. I do too. He's having an up and down uh, camp, so. <laughs> he is. But, oh, I could go on about Spencer Brown. I I love him. I absolutely love him his personality yes his intensity all of that the guy is like he's always on he's always on however his back we're all scared to death because he had surgery on his back in mm-hmm. the hospital and everybody saw him at camp kind of bending over it turned out it was just cramps well that's good yes i think because, we were all like <gasps> not oh again right I was just like you. I was like, oh my God, not not again. And if it happens again, then you're going to have to wonder about his durability. Yep. And back problems are, are notoriously difficult to deal with. So, so I see a tall guy like that. Yeah. you got to be mindful of that. 
Now, the other thing about Spencer Brown that, that's been interesting, he has had a good camp, and he's had his time, I believe, going up against um, Leonard Floyd, and that's been a, quite a battle yeah. in camp. Mm-hmm. And the back and forth, it gives you the, the you can see the fire. Apparently, Chris Brown said yesterday on One Bill's Live that Spencer Brown and Leonard Floyd, they've been jaw, 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 jaw on it. And you know this, T, from being watching camp. The last mm-hmm. week of camp is when people start getting grumpy. Oh, my gosh, yes. They just want to hit somebody besides their own player. Exactly. And Spencer <laughs> Brown allegedly yesterday knocked Leonard Floyd like five yards forward. No way. Blew him up, yes, absolutely, and and that got a little testy. So Spencer Brown, with with I would call him a meathead. That's that's the word I would use. <laughs> I think he's a meathead. He may be very smart and all of that, but he is a meathead on the field, and you can tell that the rest of the offensive line. They always take care of Spencer Brown. It's like when when you think he's going to go and punch somebody out, mm-hmm. they grab him and you know bring him back to reality. And so we have that side of you know the meathead Spencer Brown. But it's good news if he doesn't have any issues going with his back, because everybody has said, as you say, he's had a pretty good camp, and we need that from him. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. I like. We need a solid. We need a solid uh, camp from him. We need to see if he is the guy for that position. I mean, because look, we have we have Bates, we have um, Osiris, and I guess Osiris was having a great camp until recent. He's had um, he's been moved to right guard to left guard, right? And I mean, he's they're putting him in there with the ones. They're trying to see what he can do. They said though. If he puts his hands on you, you're over. That's what they said coming out. Yeah, that's what they said coming out of um, the draft. So it's good to see. I have a bet with my friend. I don't think he starts, but if he does, I want him to start. Don't get me wrong. I do want him to start. I want, who doesn't want your number one pick? Or was he our number one? He wasn't. Yeah, he was our number one pick, right? Second. Second. No, he was first. Wasn't he? Yeah. Our number one pick. Who doesn't want your number one pick? to draft pick to start. Um, I just don't know if he starts on this line because of Ryan Bates. You know, one person we haven't really heard about is Mitch Morris. And I love it. Oh, cool. I love it. Nothing coming from the center position is exactly what you want. <laughs> right? It, it, absolutely. I, you know, I if I were a betting person, I don't have any money on this bet that you've got going with your friend. But... I would be surprised if Osiris starts the season only because of the way that they, their philosophy of really slowly introducing rookies. Mm-hmm. And Bates has played, Bates can play all those positions. I think they moved, they're moving Osiris around just to show him, okay, this is what you're going to have to do. Once you get fully up to speed, you have to be able to play on the opposite side as guard, you know, left guard as well, because you need to be interchangeable. Right. And right. that that's something that they sort of demand from their offensive line and his versatility. 
yes. that, they, that they can play multiple positions. Now, before we round up anything, I have one thing to add mm-hmm. this is on the subject of offensive lines. This is my segue, perfect segue into this. Yesterday, Chris Brown on One Bills Live recorded that there was a joint practice that was conducted between the Miami Dolphins and the Atlanta Falcons Okay. a few, few days. Well, rumor on the street has it that the Miami offensive line looks like doo-doo. No, really? Really. And Chris Brown said that their best player probably wouldn't even play in our top five on the offensive line. Really? Yes, he said that McDaniels did not address during the offseason in any meaningful way beefing up the offensive line. And what do we know about Tua? One crack to the head and he may be done. Yeah, I just was, I just heard um, someone speaking about Tua in a space. And, you know, I, I give those, you know, as much as, you know, listen as much. I have not been on because I, I can't take hot takes. I can't take people just trying to make a hot take and run with it and then making um, making something out of nothing. So I stayed off of that. But before I went off, the one guy did speak about Tua having, you know, a different helmet on, Tua, you know, gain weight. Um, we all know that he was doing jutsu, jutsu or something like that to uh, help him fall because I guess there's, of way of falling uh, i don't know um but he did not say anything about the o-line so i don't know if the o-line is as bad as chris brown and you guys are saying it's not gonna help you like i mean i've heard the o-line also in um the jets wasn't that great either oh i hope that's true so i mean I don't know. I don't know. I just I hope, hope I hope that's true too. I just hope our O line can protect our guy because that's what we need. Josh hasn't uh, maybe maybe his first year, maybe his first year he had an okay O line. But since then and also too sometimes I think Josh rolls out or he leaves the pocket too fast. Yes. You know, where yes. he can just stay in there for a second longer. And and just not say take a hit, but just wait. And we know Josh will wait. We've oh, seen yeah. the incredible throws that he does when he waits a second to throw the ball or to run out of bounds. So you know, we we have that in our guy. We I don't see that when it comes to Tua. I don't see that when it comes to Mac Jones. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a different dude. He's a different beast. Can't stand him. Can't stand the Jets. But I gotta respect the fact that he has been in this league for a long time and he can do some incredible things as well. Um, but I love to hear the fact that Tua's O-line is just garbage. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe we won't be even facing Tua by week four. And who's behind him? Oh, White. Okay. Don't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. That all sucks anyway. So every week it's going to take a tremendous effort to win every single oh, game. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know what? 
I don't really, everybody has such an issue with the schedule, and I, I don't necessarily feel like it's a bad thing that the schedule is so hard. I don't. Yeah, I mean. Those guys have to play. We all have to play. Listen, the Jets have a tough schedule. Yes. Um, New England also has a tough schedule. Yes. I think we all have a tough schedule, actually. We do. The AFC East. Yes. The NFC East and the NFC West. Is that, I, I think. Yes. Or the AFC West. I don't, I don't remember. I know it's the AFC West. But that's, you know, that's a tough, that's tough. That's tough stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whoever's on top after the break or after the four or six games, I'm, I'm with it. But also, too, it's the beginning of the season, and people are just like, is Vaughn going to play game one? I don't really care if Vaughn plays game one. I want Vaughn towards the end of the season. We've seen not having what what not having Vaughn looks like. We've seen that. And I don't want to see that this year. I want to see what it looks like having Vaughn towards the end of the season. Well, the luxury is if every, you know, all things stay equal and they stay healthy, Apparently, from camp, Rousseau and, and Floyd look like they're tearing it up. Right. So, Bob can just sit down and take as much time as he needs. And not even that. I'm like this, Robin. I'm like, you owe us, uh, injury gods. You owe us. <laughs> you know? Jeez, give us a break. You kind of owe us. But um, let's move on to – so, preseason game. We're taping this. You know, guys, guys you know we tape early. It's a Thursday preseason a Saturday we're going against um the Colts and Sean McDermott said in this presser that he plans on playing some of the starters for about a quarter of Josh and Diggs um will not play which is great for me I don't care if they don't play at all um but it's not ruling out that Allen will play in the preseason how do you feel <laughs> oh well of course I I'm a believer that it's going to take the first few games for all the teams to really settle in because when you only have three preseason games and the way that the trend is going in terms of keeping players safe, they don't get much time in the preseason to get revved up. And then you walk into opening night, like in our case, it's like, Oh, okay. So it, you know, it can be daunting, but I, I'm good. You know, I, I, for me, the most important thing is that these guys stay healthy. And right. Exactly, because we didn't have good fortune last year. This year, hopefully, we will. And that will go a long way because it doesn't matter what kind of team you have on paper. If they can't stay on the field, you have a problem. All right. Yeah. And I think I think I I'm like you. I'm like okay, just from process of likely outcomes. Maybe maybe the universe will be good to us and keep the injuries to a minimum this year. It would be extremely helpful if that happened because yeah. that that will have to happen if you want to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. absolutely, definitely. I do have one correction to make before I forget because mm-hmm. you were both brain dead. We were right about Osiris Torrance. He was drafted second after Dalton Kincaid. So our brains haven't told Oh, right, why. right. Yes, I forgot. I know. I don't know why I always forget about Dalton Kincaid because <laughs> for me, it's always a shock that he was there. <laughs> I 
I know. It's like, oh my God, the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I do want to say this, that some positive things that did happen at camp, Kim Bakula was at camp and when I read that, I was just so excited and grateful. Like, I'm so happy she's doing okay. They're saying she's doing okay. She's um, recovering well. I'm excited about that. Also, too, John was there. John Murphy was there as yeah. well. I mean, come on. Murph, so happy that he was able to make it to camp. Now, whether or not he's going to be making it back to the to the booth doing play-by-play this year, my guess is that's probably unlikely. Right. And he may never make it back to the to the booth. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what his recovery status is because all we know is that Chris Brown is the interim yes. play-by-play guy. Yeah. But I believe that if John Murphy, and bless him, I hope he makes it back. Me but, too. I love the voice. It's yeah. just so smooth. It is. So silky smooth. It's just like, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, you, you, you hear Murph, you hear John and you're just like, oh, yes, football is back. The sound of the Bills. I mean, yes. Before that, it was Van Miller. Yep, yep. And, and I remember when Murph took over for Van Miller and it was like, oh, my God, how is this going to work? Yeah. And just slid into that so beautifully and did everything his own way and I am going to miss him greatly if he doesn't come back. But I do think that if he doesn't come back, it should be Chris Brown's job to lose. Yes, for sure. Chris is a great play-by-play caller, and I think he's just going to keep on getting better. Yeah, he does a wonderful job. He's so animated, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Good guys. Yes, for sure. But that is it, unless you have some more. A lot has happened in camp. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear any more crap from me. Let's end this. All right. Let's end this. Guys, thank you for tuning in. I promise we won't go away that long again. Like, it was a minute. I missed you. Oh, well, and hopefully the state of Wyoming and their internet providers will will bring us back in video next week. Not even that. Don't think those football seasons about to start. They better get it together. I miss you too, but this is Tea Time with Robin. Audio only, not seeing our beautiful faces. It is okay because we'll be back next week and you'll see us then. But this again, again, this is not, not, oh, see, I was doing my other pod. This is Tea Time with Robin, episode 34. We see you next week. And it's always Go Bills. Peace out, y'all. You have been listening to Tea Time with Robin. Go Bills!